0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Overthinkers. I am Shen. And I'm Rachel. How are you doing today, Rachel?
1: I'm doing OK. I think this COVID recovery has really just sapped all of my energy, so it's going to be a long road.
0: Yeah, COVID is still not fun, huh? It's just like we don't talk about it much, but I think the strategic planning of COVID has to be revised.
1: Yeah, so. I think the comm strategy is still not not exactly right, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get there eventually.
0: Yeah, we, hopefully we will. But also we're recording on a Saturday morning, which is unusual for us to record, like this is lately. We've been more like the, the late night owls for taking care of the babies and whatnot. But today we have a, a special guest calling from very far. Uh, we have Joe Cole joining us. Um, Joe, hi, how are you doing? Uh, doing great, how are you guys doing? Pretty great. I mean, where are you today? Because last time I spoke to you were in Portugal. I think you're in Turkey, is that right? Yep, uh, I'm in Istanbul. I'm bouncing around the
2: European continent and region for the next few months, uh, just seeing the world, yeah.
0: Okay, so Joe, you're a creative strategy director. Ah, ha, 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 ha. If you've listened to our last podcast, this is a fantastic introduction. <laughs> um, if you have not, just go listen to the last episode. Um, look, at, you like to present yourselves as an ideas guys first and foremost. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do, uh, and then we'll go into the topic of the day.
2: Sure, yeah. I, uh, fell very accidentally into advertising uh, around, what was that, 20, 2011, I, I was a big social media guy and then got into advertising and uh, kind of uh, became a social strategist, a strategist, worked on a bunch of different brands, uh, Carl's Jr., Audi, Honda, Kia, uh, Albertsons, and, and more. Uh, over the course of my years, a lot of different agencies uh, grew kind of dissatisfied with the work I was doing didn't really feel like it was making the world a better place. Uh worked in the 2020 election um, in the, Georg- the Georgia runoff, actually, and that double victory was uh, super awesome and kind of really fulfilling and set me on the path to want to do work that makes the world better and, you know, eventually started my own Sort of creative strategy consultancy. Uh, we'll see kind of where it goes. It's called Lots of Good Ideas. And that's my full ele- elevator pitch. I say, hey, I'm Joe Cole. My uh, company's called Lots of Good Ideas, and I'm a creative strategy director. And you so kind of understand what we do and uh, what my role is. And yeah.
0: Go ahead. So I gather from your description that you're a Trump fan. Am I right? <laughs> 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 no. <right. laughs> And um, well, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I had to make that joke because I think it's a segue a little bit to the topic we're going to discuss today. You, you spend a lot of time advertising brands, but I think there has been a bit of a project that you've been working on. I love you, tell us a little bit more about the project first, and then we're going to, you know, read the real question about it. Um, but you've been trying to push the industry uh, with a collective, if I understand correctly, to figure out how we can stop this industry with the power. It has in the world and the hearts and the minds of people to uh, advertise fossil fuels. And Joe, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about where that came from, how the project works. And then I think we'll have a lot of series of questions like, you know, how do we do that? And, you know, like, how do we get involved? How do we, you know, hate it, love it? Like, you know, I'd I'd love to get into that. But first, can you tell us a little bit more about the the inception of that project and and what it reads about?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, the I've been working with the this client Clean Creatives for, uh, over two and a half years now in various capacities. I've worn lots of different hats, but essentially they were a movement started by the executive director, uh, Duncan. Uh, he noticed that some of the lobbying groups and, and trade organizations uh, in the U.S. that were that are some of the like worst ones, like the worst actors, uh, were having their advertising uh, done by basically like really hot shot cool agencies and cool cities and he came up, had had the insight that people at these agencies probably hate this work and they probably don't want to work on it and especially like they're their younger you know people these are you know democratic stronghold cities they're not wanting to work on fossil fuels and he started this movement started clean creatives with the idea to get the ad pr industry to move away from working on fossil fuel clients. And it, it kind of started off with the insight and one person thinking this, and you know, it's the movement's grown in all directions. I mean, there are probably a dozen other organizations around the world working on different parts of this, some of them more effective than others, you know, uh, Creates for Climate, uh, Green the Bid, uh, doing great work, uh, Adnet Zero, who's kind of partnered with agencies, maybe isn't doing enough. Uh, Sunrise, Sunrise Movement, Extinction Rebellion, Greenpeace have all uh, incorporated this sort of messaging uh, in their actions uh, and and their, you know, protests and and where they show up, uh, which has been incredible. Um, You know, this movement has been at Cannes, it's been at South by Southwest. Um, We have agencies all around the world where there are like people that work there that are. Basically, like taking on the hat of an activist and working within the agency or within the network to push their organization or push the industry towards um, getting rid of their fossil fuel clients or
0: you know moving away from it entirely. So this is right now, how how does it, is it like a group of people? Is it like a active organization? Is it like, how does, how does that work? And what are people joining when they decided to kind of participate in this? Is it an idea or is it a structure? Is it an organization? Uh, Man, it's
2: all of those things. Uh, I mean, the the nonprofit itself, when when I, when I first came on board, it was just Duncan and then it became Duncan and me for a long while. And now there's, (sighs) Probably close to a, a dozen people in more specialized roles. You know, we have someone sort of, creating TikToks. We have a social person. We have a, an organizer. We have a PR person. Uh, we have people in other countries and you know, other regions of the world doing more specific targeted work. Um, you know, I mentioned we have people who are actively. We have a, a whole like agency activist like workbook basically uh, for people who are um, wanting to take on the mantle of like pushing their organization away from it. Um, more generally, we have, I think, uh, most recent numbers I have, is we have over 2,000 individual creatives who've signed the pledge not to work on fossil fuel. Uh, we have over 700 agencies that have signed the pledge not to work on fossil fuels, um, some of them quite big, some of them a little bit on the smaller side, but you know, the, the movement has grown in three years. Like Duncan just shared with me a photo from his Facebook memories, uh, like him saying, hey, does anyone know anyone who works at agencies. Like I think I have an idea. I want to chat with some people. And it went from that idea to three years later, to something that's being talked about in every single agency around the world. Like when I was at Can this year, every single CEO, CMO, C-suite founder, every single person had either heard of us or was aware of the conversation. Um, And this is something that Was just not on anybody's radar three years ago. Really,
1: have you found that there's anyone who's been intractable? Because I think what is particularly impressive on the clean creative site is you have commitments from pretty much every major um, holding company: WPP, Publicis, uh, Omnicom, uh, Interpublic. Um, But is are are there challenges in that? Like, only some agencies within WPP are represented, for example, and are there Are there, um, again, any specific barriers that you tend to have or your team members tend to have as they're trying to get someone signed on to the pledge?
2: Yeah, so that's, um, so to refute almost everything you said, um, actually, most of the the holding, the big holding companies so far, uh, we actually think there's uh, probably within the next six months, certainly before CAN next year, we'll have one, maybe two holding companies as a whole sign on. Uh, but with very limited exceptions, uh, most most of the agencies that have signed on have not been within any of the big holding companies. Um, just like how you can imagine, though, um, you know, the, the progressive caucus within within the U.S. Congress has, just as an example, um, the, the so-called squad. Um, they're pretty small, but they've moved the Overton window. Mm -hmm. on progressive issues, um, and that's, you know, happened within both of the last administrations. Um, So just our presence has kind of dragged these um, holding companies over. A lot of them have made um, sorts of green pledges or have, uh, they're working with Adnet Zero, which really wants to green these organizations like, oh, we want our, um, we want our shoots and our productions and our offices to be green, which is all well and good. But, if they are doing their jobs well and actually increasing the, the value or the effectiveness of their fossil fuel clients, it, like even w- doing that from one agency within a big holding company wipes out the whole holding company's efforts on the inside. So we're trying to really move the industry away from these fossil fuel clients because the number that we work with is fossil fuel clients, uh, fossil fuel companies are, are responsible for 70% of fossil fuel emissions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is due to the effectiveness of their advertising, the public perception, which again comes from the advertising, um, government regulation, which comes from, you know, public perception. Uh, It's kind of like this big vicious cycle. And if you take away their access to like top level creative power, they'll be less effective. Public perception goes down, government regulation can happen. And then it kind of is this whole cycle where eventually, you know, can have a huge impact.
0: All right, let's let's double take on to that one because I think it's going to go into the the, the other questions. Because I I can see there is a question of where the whether does the line get drawn when it comes to working on those things, right? Like, so cool. So you say we don't want to work with fossil fuel companies or fossil fuel products. What do you mind for those questions? Like, do you do you think that a company working with BP to advertise the green energy side of BP is considered a uh, red zone for you guys, or is it kind of considered like a hybrid? Because I know there's big accusations of greenwashing and how it actually it's just a tiny portion of their actual things. But I'd be curious, you know, where do you create that line in the sand for? How far the definition of what is, quote unquote, something we we think is bad versus something is potentially good?
2: Sure. Um, so there's, uh, on, on the Clean Creators website, there's an exact definition of what the pledge stands for, uh, for instance, like if you're working with an energy company, 50% of their um, power has to come from renewable uh-huh. sources. Um, the the problem with, uh, you know, and a lot of agencies will probably excuse this because if you look at fossil fuel um, advertising in general, at least in, you know, the West, they're not typically saying, hey, wow, look at all this great gas we're doing. Look at all, look at all these, like, you know, look at these oil rigs we have in the ocean and, you know, look at, you know, they're not saying that. They're saying, "Oh, we have biofuel. We have algae. Look at these um, solar panels that you know we may own." Um, just as an example, though, like um, there was a, a study that we we quote a lot: eighty uh, percent of Chevron's ads uh, over the course of a year mentioned environment, sustainable, renewable, and that's what you know. That's what they're showing in these ads. Again, made by an ad company, um, placed by a media agency. And 1.8% of their expenditures are actually going to this. So yeah. ad agencies are helping them launder their reputation, essentially. Yeah. So people think, oh yeah, like Chevron, they're, you know, they're doing great. Like they're, they're investing in solar. Like they believe in the future. Like it's, they're, they're clean energy. Right. And, you know, it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Well,
1: so, so what, um, yeah. A follow on that I'd be really interested in here is like, and this is a a slightly different space because it isn't necessarily media or advertising creative driven. But again, when we were, when I was at Proto and we were in the innovation space, we talked a lot about like what types of clients would we and would we not take on. And um, we actually didn't discount um, a single that. category or vertical at the end of the day and we used like um british tobacco and bp as our like two examples and we're like if bp were to come to us and say we need help imagining a future or imagining designing our future post oil is that a client that we would take on or not and i think our questions came down to like what type of actual control do we have over the brief? Like what type of sustainable like impact does it have and those types of things. But um, like, I looked through the clientele that were on the list, but I think there's other clients that I'd be interested in. Like the house of Saud is a great example where like they have clearly identified that in 50 years, they do not have um, a like, their country doesn't have a, a future for what's going to sustain their economy. So they're, they're hiring a lot of agencies within a lot of these holding companies to do things like help them design their future. And just like, this may be your personal perspective and not necessarily clean creatives perspective, but I would love to hear your view on like, you know, how much is the heritage valued versus like managing today? I mean,
2: to answer your, your, your first thought, it's it's actually funny how, because I've had a similar conversation with a lot of people kind of at the C-suite level, like, like big prominent agencies that have won like, you know, Adweek's, you know, agency of the year or something. I've talked to founders, CMOs, CEOs. And this sort of conversation, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a cool Slack channel where everybody, all, all the higher up cool people, like, talk about this. But this sort of thing is, is come up independently a lot. So whether it's uh you know it's something that everyone's thinking about or people are just talking about it in this specific thing, yes, if if BP you know says hey we actually want to change, and they go to some of the top creative minds, and then they, those top creative minds can actually make them change that's awesome but guess what the fossil fuel companies have been lying <laughs> to us about everything uh, they're, they're lying right now about you know i just cited like what chevron is 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 doing with you know their their perception in, 19, in the 1970s exxon scientists knew climate change is real they've lying mm. since then there's I, I can't see bp or exxon or shell or anybody being able to make a promise that any any respectable person could like be like, oh yeah, this time they're telling the truth because all they've been doing is lying to us. Like i I don't know, I don't know that a any agency could actually help them solve that. I mean, it's it's a big thorny geopolitical international problem. Um, like you know, we often think there's there's often the this thing in advertising like we're not curing cancer, like it's just ads right well you know ads i think i think that has some truth but you know i think ads can move the world they can change people's perception but at the same time like i don't know that anybody in advertising could fix this problem even if bp or shell or whoever was actually serious and could actually make guarantees that no this time we mean it so does that answer your question or did i did i ramble off
0: no, I, th- I think it's a, it's a it's a good answer to the question, the way I understand Rachel asking it. And I, I think for me the the thing I would struggle with in my mind is that I mean, first of all, you know, you, you're just out of the seventy percent, I think it's always a stat that kind of makes me all tick is the consumption of those fossil fuels that they produce is responsible seventy percent of the, the greenhouse gases or but it's not that they're the ones just consuming it, we're the ones consuming it. And at the end of the day, it's, I, I have found that it is, uh, on the one hand, we're all like, you know, oh, bad, evil, and stuff. And the other hand's like, you know, this is really terrible. Well, cool. Let me drive away today. Like, like I'm going to do tomorrow to the beach, and, you know, I'm going to use gas. And, and there it is like we have a dependency on it, partly because the, the, the political structures are not completely in place, partly because there's technological things that need to advance. Partly, there's a lot of dynamics, as you pointed out, geopolitical. You see Europe, which is very, very, very trying to push ahead still you know when russia happens it's not like oh cool what would you going to stop using any of this thing anyway there's like how do we find an alternative because we need it like it's just, you know there's things for which we can replace things easily the others for it for which it's a bit harder and so we're, we're attacking an ecosystem in this case now i completely hear the, the 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 point about like look those companies i i actually think the 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 the, the conundrum for us, it's easy for advertising to think like, well, we're just a small part of that ecosystem. Like we're a tiny part. Because at the end of the day, let's be completely honest. I think those companies could survive without advertising and they don't advertise their oil most of the time anymore. And it's, it's most of the, it's, it's a very, there's, there's plenty of big companies we never really hear of. Um, and they're massive and doing huge profits because they're, they're it's a B2B business at the end of the day. It's much more than like it's a B2C business. The, the thing that we consume ourselves when we go to the pump, I think, is a fraction of what really is going on to drive those things. There is much bigger um, problems. And I think you've called up some of them, for instance, around uh, lobbying and what actually is happening about like, you know, on the one hand, they want to do green things, on the other, they try to make sure that the the, the oil part is strengthened, not weakened in every single way um, possible. And so that aspect of where you push it is, it opens the question then for me, and it's a, it's, it's, we, I see the U S as a market. I'm going to focus for a minute on the U S for that, for that, for that question here. The U S has an issue with um, identity politics being very anti green energy. It's just, it's kind of striking. I mean, the, when you read about it, it's just like how much there's entire parts of America where they just make fun of Tesla just because they see this as a liberal hoax type thing. And if you speak to people in the industry, you listen to what they're saying, they're basically telling us, Hey, just sell whatever alternative systems, like, you know, solar panels, electric vehicles, and all those things. Just don't mention climate change when you do, because this is when people just tell them how you're going to save money. That's all they care about at the end of the day. Right. But there is a perception gap. And to an extent, there is a part of me that wonders, like, look, when BP advertises green energy, which they do constantly, their logo has got like this beautiful flower petal and it's like, you know, look how green we are. It's literally our color. Um, you, you're kind of in this situation where is it, is it a net negative that they do so? Isn't that necessarily something positive for us as, an, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a society that there is a brute force that collectively is saying green energy is the future? And I don't saying in terms of like exonerating of the bad things they do, but like for me as an advertiser, when I spend time advertising something that is inherently the thing that we want people to be more familiar, have higher affinity with, be more positive towards, is it a negative to use the to use that? And on the back end, maybe the 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 bigger question is how do we make sure we block those people at the point of lobbying and point where there really is a difference in political stages? Rather than trying to say, "Well, they should never advertise even good things because they're bad people and bad actors."
1: Yeah, but who's actually doing good work in political advertising, Sham?
0: I mean, there's plenty of things that happen advertising around campaigns. It's the prime is like the. I think the issue here is most of the time it happens when around elections. Um, yeah. But it's it's not like there is no there's no group, and the question for me is always like, you know, they're. There is NGOs that do things like it's, it's not like it's a, it's an ecosystem where there's no action being done. My point is more like the fact that ultimately the, 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 the thing that is hurtful for us the most, is it that BP just is a more visible company or that we should have more advertising journey speaking that celebrates the green future.
2: So one thing that this is, this is one of the the things I, I love to point out to people who are a little kind of newer to this way of thinking, which doesn't necessarily describe either of you, but you may may not know this. So have you guys ever thought of your own personal carbon footprint? Yeah. So that was actually invented by Ogilvy on behalf of their client BP. Did you guys know that?
1: I'm glad I'm composting for a reason. Thanks, Ogilvy.
2: So yeah, Ogilvy is the reason why you feel some guilt about flying or... Cycling or composting, uh, and it's a really effective ad. I mean, almost everybody I've ever talked to has, you know, under the age of forty, has taught, thought about their personal carbon footprint, and the amount of people who knew it was an ad is like one in a hundred, um, if at all, if at all, right? So I think if you know you talk, we talk about like, is, does it matter uh, if they you know don't have access to these high level agencies? I, I think yes. Like I think if you're relying on uh, an agency you know made up of four nobodies who you know have a website that looks like it was designed in 1995 versus ogilvy which is you know one number of
1: the, one be- behavior change company right? like built <laughs> right. a lot of the in- industry yeah
2: yeah um then their ads are less effective public perception goes down uh lobbying efforts aren't as successful because you know they're saying hey uh, we want to give you money and. You know, they're not able to buy off, you know, governments, regimes, senators, you know, <laughs> they have less money, the cycle continues downward. Um, actual government regulation then continues the acceleration. Um, other a- efforts are going on concurrently, I mean, solar continues to get cheaper and cheaper. Um, there was the the, the big uh, legislation that got passed last year, the biggest environmental legislation it, that's ever been passed in the US and, um, you know, a green. Uh, green investment is happening all over the country, and then speaking to the kind of polarization, uh, there's this great interview kind of going around Twitter where this guy in Oklahoma is like talking really positively about this like solar uh, panel farm that was going up, uh, you know, bringing jobs to local community. And then as soon as it as it was mentioned that this came from a Biden thing, he's like, oh, actually, no, I don't like this at all. Like climate change isn't real. And it's like, yes, the messaging, you know, still has to for some reason be massaged for people who are so like in their silo that they can't see like they can't see the world burning down around them but i mean the one of the things that clean creatives is trying to mirror is what happened with tobacco um tobacco advertising like in 1970 the u.s banned cigarette and tobacco ads on tv and the radio um in 1988 12 so 18 years later uh smoking was banned on flights of less than two hours like i i don't know how, how old you guys were in 1988 i was two but in my lifetime, you could you can smoke on a flight also do ours. And it took some time before it was kind of banned. I think it's, I believe smoking's banned pretty much. Yeah, everywhere. Now, but it, I think that didn't happen until 2000. Like in, in 1998, sorry, uh, California banned smoking in restaurants. Now I think that's, I think just about everywhere in the US, you can't smoke in like a restaurant or a place of business. There are some exceptions like, you know, casinos in Vegas and whatnot. But for the most part, like smoking is, is, left the public thing now vaping's come back and there's a, this whole thing right but it, for the most part in the US there was there was action that was able to be taken after the ads were effectively banned and I mean that sort of thing is happening I mean there are cities suing you know fossil fuel companies sometimes they're dragging in their advertising companies sometimes there's liability issues with the ad companies who help them craft these campaigns Um, I know in several instances I've heard about, um, emails, correspondence work being subpoenaed. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, that becomes a risk to the agencies as well, but yeah, I don't know that the whole movement's moving forward and you know, there, there will come a time where these sorts of ads just won't exist and no agencies will work on them. I think clean creatives is just trying to hasten that day.
1: Um, yeah and where i was gonna defend you joe not that i i think you need much defending here but for for shan i think what the company is doing well for clean creatives is like they they have a focused area of control that they're working within it's it's agencies agency pledges media and communications and i think like if you I, i i think it's there's a lot fewer that are in the political space technically, but I think it's a lot harder to sort of bring those ones along. What I would be interested in, Joe, though, is to understand if you guys have, and maybe you can, or maybe you can't answer this, but like a roadmap for, to use an analogous comparison, there's like B corporations. And B corporations have to go through, incredibly rigorous um, data and uh, testing, they have to sort of submit that data every year to maintain their certification. I think they have to have two or three years of data before they can even um, pass. And it's anything from like how they treat their employees to um, like health initiatives to the quality of their benefits and those types of things. Um, right now you guys ha- have started with, and I think it makes a lot of sense given the starting point is like a pretty simple rule, which is like 50%, um, of their revenue comes from, uh, like oil production or oil sales. Is there a world where, again, we start to get into like secondary or tertiary effects eventually. So for example, um, again, I'll use house of Saud as a as a, as one House of Saud is not on that banned list based on what I like looked through for you, but like they all they owned Saudi Aramco, <laughs> um, so like in theory, <laughs> they should um, they should be banned in some capacity. So you could start to include like uh, CEOs or philanthropic foundations, even where there is a bit of like greenwashing there. But then is would it eventually start to expand into things like? Amazon, where like alone through their trucking fleet, their carbon footprint is like un- unsurmountable um, in some capacity. So like, I- is there eventually going to be like tearing or tightening requirements or anything like that? Or are you guys going to keep it tight for now?
2: Um, so great question. It's definitely something we've we've talked about before, and something that people often hear about us and and kind of love, love to talk about other aspects of it. I think the overall environmental movement, there's so many different areas of focuses and you know, none of them are necessarily bad. Some, some groups have a very wide focus. Some groups have a very narrow focus. I think of clean creatives focus as a scalpel, like we're laser focused on this one, very niche industry very niche target like our our demographic is the people who make ads Hmm. See an ad you're the demographic but our target is the people that make that ad it's a very niche thing and we believe that if we can get the industry to step away from advertising from from working on these clients it will have a measurable effect on that 70 percent number now of course there are so many once you kind of widen the scope i mean there's Plastics. There's, you know, yeah, electrification vehicles versus you know internal combustion engines. There's all sorts of different things. That's not our focus at the moment. Our focus yeah. is very, very focused on this. I think once we it's get
1: strategy. To, yeah,
2: exactly. Um, once once we get to a place where that you know the ninety percent of of agencies uh, you know that people have heard of that there aren't on some like you know no name no website you know nobody on LinkedIn sort of thing once 90% of the industry has moved away from this sort of client then yeah I would love to have the conversation of where we go next like is it are we wrapped up are we you know shifting I mean we've already kind of shifted our goals and you know who we who we target and, and where we are as as the movement has grown um, so yeah, I, I I'm not sure I'm not sure where, where to go. Like right now, we're we're focused on a very uh, on a very uh, particular target.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the how you're getting the advertising industry to stop doing this. I'd love i love to hear you know the arguments that have been resonating really well and the arguments you realize like, see hey, that's not flying and it's just not something we're going to get people. I, I'd, I'd like to spend the last few minutes of the podcast to understand you know how you see success and how you get to that.
2: Yeah. I mean, so I mentioned, you know, just now that our, our target audience is marketers. And, you know, if, if you're part of any advertising communities, whether, you know, in real life or on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever, wherever you are, um, you, you know, that as marketers, like we have a pretty high, um, we have a high bar for what is quote unquote good advertising, you know, Mm -hmm. There's a reason why there are many, you know, the, the constant debate that comes up around awards that, you know, there are certain companies that win a lot of awards, but don't necessarily have sales. And then that has its own kind of debate um, around it. It's like, what, is, what does it mean if Burger King has all these like really awesome campaigns, but has never beat McDonald's, you know, mm. I, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so like we we have to come in with pretty innovative advertising on a nonprofit shoestring budget um, to reach. Our target audience um that means developing um developing a community on instagram twitter it means showing up to places that marketers might be like south by southwest and can it means like this, this earlier this year we partnered with ben and jerry's and did an ice cream truck at can and um had some cool flavors it means getting into um campaign and the drum and ad week and ad age um the guardian um other other newspapers new york times um, it means talking to people at all kind of levels of the industry, whether they're uh, juniors or students, um, advertising programs uh, at universities across the nation, uh, mid-level people, creative directors, uh, the C-suite. Uh, we, I mean, we we submit for awards, and we've won some awards for our campaigns because we know that the juries are made up of ECDs and VPs and CMOs. Yeah. And even if we don't even get finalist or we don't win the award we know that somewhere in some room or cause effect six people or eight people had to consider our arguments uh you know we don't just focus on ad industry the ad industry and the pr industry and agencies you know we like vox media signed on this year uh That's there are great. several brands that have signed on um uh, ad tech companies have signed on. I think um, media agencies have signed on. We, we just um, released a pledge for creators and influencers um, so they can have something that they can say, nope, I'm not going to work on this sort of, um, I'm not going to do work with fossil fuel companies, which by the way, if you didn't know, fossil fuel companies are increasingly turning to of course. creators uh, to, you know, because they know that they have this built-in audience and they kind of go right around the agencies. Um, yeah, we we kind of increase the pressure from all sides. Uh, you know, we some people, uh, you know, an argument that you know, hey, regulation could change. You know, all of a sudden, you know, this industry might not be able to be legal in your country, and you might have to like suddenly like find thirty you know thirty jobs worth of salaries uh, overnight. Um, some people listen to like the recruitment thing, like. Uh, we've heard a lot of stories from people feeling a lot more confident about telling a company they're rejecting an offer because they have a fossil fuel client. Um, so there's a lot of different levers we're pulling on. And sometimes we reach people just because something's really clever and people it resonates with us. Like, you know, how many times have you seen an ad and you've shared it uh, or talked about it. I know you guys had, had Moshe on a couple uh, episodes ago to talk about all the cool Barbie ads, like our whole industry. I think, at least on Twitter, which we're, we're all still sort of there. And I'm definitely not going to call it that other name. Um, <laughs> no. well, because Barbie did so many cool things. And you know, we at the end of the day, we're marketers. We like to have fun. We like to, to see cool, cool, interesting things. Um, so many people shared it. It was actually a mock-up of a Heineken uh, billboard that just had the Ken uh, yeah. thought it was part of it and it wasn't, but people like that cause they like, Oh, that's cool. It's fun. That's interesting. People like want to be on the side of good. Like if, if ad, if the ad industry really thought that there was no problem with fossil fuel clients, like they would, they would put it on their websites. It'd be on their front page. It'd be mm. on media. And, but in fact, it's, it's not, it's, it's hidden. And, one of the things we do every year, we're going to be releasing the third issue, a third annual F list report, kind of a take on AdAge's Age's A list, um, where we go out and we pain, painfully, painstakingly research all these um, relationships that are really hard to find because they don't want to be known. They don't want to be known. They they're they're ashamed of it, and they know
0: and that. I, I think there's hardly a better argument to convince the world that it is something that is should be happening than. Well, if people were really proud of the work, we would know, and they're not. Uh, I don't think Ogilvy is shouting out loud too much about what they've done. With oh, I could be wrong. Maybe I don't even know what the brief was, by the way. Uh, I'd be curious to know what the the entire intent was at the time. Uh, have you been able to get companies to pledge that had those customers and drop them?
2: Um, anecdotally, I I think yes. Um, I I don't. I wouldn't be able to say exactly which agencies had fossil fuel clients and then I've dropped them and then signed the pledge. But we do, we do have several agencies who have had fossil fuel clients. And then because of either, because of our presence in the industry, because of people like on the inside that we've kind of helped start a movement within those agencies because of the F list, um, we've had agencies either tell us privately um, hey, we don't have this contract anymore. Um, or we hear um, there's a there's a really really big agency, uh, for instance that we've all heard of, um, but I don't want to I don't want to give I don't want to say exactly. But they had a, mm-hmm. a they had one of the fossil they had a fossil fuel contract with one of the biggest fossil fuel companies, and they still have contracts with other fossil fuel companies. But we shined a big light on them. They had a big you know public thing. They had people on the inside you know stand up and say hey this isn't right. Lots of uh, news articles came out, and we've heard that they no longer work with this fossil fuel company. But the terms of their contract said that they are not allowed to publicly say that. Wow! <laughs> so, and they and they they still have a lot of fossil fuel contracts. So they're not they're no saint. But mm. we have made a difference, and the movement has made a difference. Um, now, then the, the next big step, I think, is for a lot of these agencies who have quietly decided, hey, this is part of our line in the sand, like we're not going to work on, you know, like I, I think most agencies in the US, you know, most big agencies would probably not work on the Trump campaign to, to bring it back to that. Um, that's a line in the sand for them. They probably won't, you know, most, most agencies in the US probably will not work with a Lockheed Martin um, or, you know, in another country like help massage a genocide, you know, like most agencies have a line in the sand And I think a lot of agencies have started to add, especially if they don't have a fossil fuel client at the moment, they've started to add, you know, okay, we're not going to pitch on these, we're not going to go for it. Um, There were several agencies and holding companies that refused to bid on the, refused to, to pitch on the Shell $240 million contract, I think even like five, 10 years ago, you would have had you wouldn't have had like agencies and holding companies actively turn down the opportunity for 240 million dollars like and now they it's not worth the the public perception it's not worth people within their company giving them a hard time or leaving for you know pun intended wow greener pastures (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so yeah i I think they're the the it's It's going at an exponential clip. I I don't know exactly, you know, where, where we go, but I I think, I think a big, a big next step is for more agencies, especially the agencies that people are really looking, looking up to within the industry, like the, the dream kind of agencies. Like once those agencies, you know, move from, Hey, we've privately decided not, not to work on this client, even though we've never had this sort of client, um, or even, um, as we, as we talked about earlier, like, some of these agencies have this sort of like what if maybe we should hold out just in case Shell or BP comes to us and wants you know wants us to help them fix it i think if they just move away from that towards hey if we take a big public stand now it will help move that Overton window towards this and the whole industry will go towards it and then eventually maybe BP independently says hey we're we're getting rid of our entire fossil fuel thing and we're converting to solar, you know, over the next five years, we're going to invest, you know, $800 billion and build solar farms over. And maybe that happens. And then maybe at that point, once they've made these public things, then maybe, okay, hey, let's go support them now. But I think if you, you know, there's a little bit of a carrot in the stick. And I think at at this point with the world on fire, it has to be more of the stick. It has to be, hey, we're not going to work with you and you have to either change or, you know, find f-list level talent
1: (laughs) no i i absolutely joe i think what you guys have built especially in such a short period of time is like incredibly impressive the amount of people that you've gotten brought on board And and i do think i have to commend the strategy as well because it's it's very focused it makes it very easy for um not clients but like pledgers to sign to sign on and it's really interesting to see how you guys have um grown over the last last few years so really love what you guys are doing and and really heartening to see that somebody is pushing um this conversation forward how
0: how just to close how do people join you what's the if people are listening there is as a curious like how do they join either as you know lobbying internally their companies joining your movement like what was the what's the best way to be part of this
2: yeah i mean so if you're an individual who just wants to say, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to work on this, and that describes, I think, a lot of people, whether they've thought about it or not, most people probably, you know, if you're under the age of 40, probably wouldn't work on a fossil fuel client. Um, you just go to cleancreatives.org and sign the pledge, and that says, hey, I won't work on this sort of client. If you're a decision maker at an agency, a CEO, uh, whether your agency is one person, five people, 1,000 people, Uh, It's the same pledge uh, and we'd also love to chat with you and, you know, maybe we put you on a panel or, um, you know, talk to you some more. If you are somebody who works at an agency and you want to help push your agency towards signing the pledge or or start a movement within your agency or connect with other activists. um, Yeah, please get in in contact with us. So we have organizers, we have toolkits, we have uh, networks. Uh, We'd love to meet you. We'd love to talk with you and help you help you help us to help the world.
0: Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thanks for the effort. I know this is not the only thing you do, so we focused on that. But maybe one day we'll talk, get you back in the, on the podcast to talk about other things. There's
1: creative strategy. M-
0: many more hours in Joe's quiver. <laughs> um, so no, we appreciate you taking us through that. Um, it's been awesome. Thanks for joining from Turkey on a Saturday, just cutting off. you yeah, know, So probably quite a fun time uh, uh, enjoying other things. Uh, Rachel, very nice to see you as well as ever. I think uh, baby Reed is about to wake up, so it's about time to wrap it. Uh, <laughs> mine has been fully awake. I can tell you, if you're not heard it in the background, it's just like less of shouting and crying. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you both. Thank you, Joe. Have a wonderful time, and uh, well, hopefully, some people will be inspired on the podcast, listeners, to uh, join join the fight.
1: Yeah, really excited about it. Thank you, thank you Joe. Great to see you. Thank you.
0: All.